right, welcome to another episode of Gin and Truth. I'm the captain of this ship, Robert motherfucking Reed. I got a tumble full of Hendrix. I got a mind full of thoughts. Let's go. Let's go. jump right into it shall we uh it is rare i don't know why i still live in austin but i bumped into a letterman today and we were you know talking and it's been something that at least my generation has talked about for as long as i can fucking remember and it's the age old at least with like football and the reason why i use football gang is because when you think about at least what stereotypically macho and stereotypically alpha male, you tend to think football, MMA now, stuff like that. And so it's the age-old question, are we ready for our first openly gay football superstar? Now, before I tell you all my answer, we're just going to kind of go into it. Keep in mind, I'm closer to 50, and this dude is closer to 20. And so we're coming at it from two different perspectives because when I asked him, his answer was like, well, yeah, of course, and which I'm glad. That's the answer that I want to hear, right? But when you rewind the clock to when I played, the 80s, the 90s, oh, fuck me. That was, I'm not even going to say toxic, uh, abusive. And by today's standards, now we have a clear definition of things like bullying, probably fucking illegal. And I've mentioned it on my Twitter videos before. Gang, it was nothing. Excuse me, LLI belt. Hashtag unprofessional. But it was nothing. When, when you missed a tackle or something like that, I mean, it was it was as easy as calling out their name. It's like, what are you, some sort of faggot? How could you fucking miss that tackle? Would you suck a dick last night? What kind of shit? You probably took it in the ass. It, that was as common as hearing downset hike. And so you imagine if you're that gay football player, and that's what you are constantly hearing. Yeah, more like you are that closeted football player. There's no way you're coming out. Not not in that toxic ass atmosphere. And again, it's some of y'all are hearing this and you're you're, you're clutching your pearls. And it trust me when I tell you, it was wrong. It, it was 100% wrong, and I am 100% glad, 100% glad that today's kids are looking at this shit with a different set of lenses because my generation was all kinds of fucked up. I will forever work to make things right because I fuck me. I, I use those words too back then. Now, no fucking way, not unless I'm in a podcast and it's relevant to the conversation. But I, I remember, well, I mean, back to when I said we didn't know shit, right? And it's like you got to, like my generation, we did not know what a concussion was. We didn't. Again, y'all are like, well, how, how about this? If you are sitting next to a Generation X football player, turn and look at them. Generation X football players, I'm getting ready to use a term and you're getting ready to smile. You ready? Getting your bell rung. Y'all, and if you don't know what that is, 
But that means getting your bell rung means basically you are out cold while on your feet. And it normally happened in practice. And truth be told, you were not an actual football player. You did not cross the burning sands. You were not one of us until you got your bell rung. And you, and, I mean, you can't do it in it do it now, but we used to call it getting hit. You, get, you got ear hold. You look at the helmet. There are three openings on a helmet right there in front where you see the face mask and two right where your ears are. It's called your ear hole. Back in my day, you used to be able to target the ear hole and you would send someone just fucking literally. It, we called it a deep cleater. You would hit someone so hard. The first thing to hit the ground would either be their shoulder pads or their helmet. Your cleats straight up in the air. It's the reason why we called it a knee cleater. Now, as that person is getting up, they're literally being supported by the coach by his face mask. Keep in mind, we're all laughing, right? And he would look the player square in the eye and be like, Jonathan, look at me, Jonathan. Jonathan's got the thousand mile stare. He's looking right at you, but his focus is a thousand miles behind you. Jonathan, what is your name? Jonathan, you know what Jonathan would say? Timothy. And we would all laugh. Like, hey, it was a boy's name. Close enough, right? But that that's what we were working with back then. Same thing with uh, using homophobic slurs to, quote, unquote, motivate someone to do better. I'm sure as hell not saying it's right. But that's that was the atmosphere back then. I, and I remember there was a real sports interview. Y'all remember that show with Brian Gumble? It's fucking phenomenal. And the way they set up this story was also phenomenal because it was more of a where are they now type of setup, right? You want to know what, what is Roger Saubach doing? What, what is, you know, Emmett Smith doing? And this one was on Ezra Tuwalu, defensive tackle, big, big dude. If you can tell by the last name, Samoan. So I'm just trying to paint the picture on how big this fucker was, right? He played defensive tackle. Three technique. I don't know what they call it now, but back then we used to call that. That was your quick tackle. And as they're catching up, he's retired now. And it's like five o'clock in the morning. And he's like, yeah, Yo, you know, while well, I'm I'm retired, but you know, I still like to work out. And, you know, we're going to warm up and do some of these little biceps. We're going to knock out some of these curls. Fuckers got the 125 pounders. And he's doing it like he it ain't shit. Like he's lifting a fucking Q-tip. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, I've always known for my leg explosion, so we're going to do a little squat in here. Fucker bottoms out, ass to ankle, about 10 reps with 700 pounds. Dude is still jacked as shit. He looks like he can put on a helmet right now, right? And he's like, oh, look at the clock. It's 630. I got to go upstairs, and I got to wake up my honey. We got to get our day started. We got kids. And, again, they set it up fucking perfectly. Now, keep in mind, they hadn't told us what – what time it was. I wasn't ready for this game. I was not ready for it at all. And so Ezra goes upstairs and like, you know, okay, be quiet, be quiet. I'm, I'm going to wake my honey up. Goes and nudges his honey. Hey, honey. Good morning. Kisses his honey on the cheek. Now, again, I'm not ready, gang. I was not built for this. I was not mentally prepared. I was like, wow. His honey has a lot of facial hair. That looks like a full beard from here. Then he's like, well, come on, honey. And yeah, I got your breakfast ready. And we got to get the kids ready for school. His honey sits up in bed, yawns. And the first thing his honey says was, 
Good morning, Ezra. I'm like, God damn. Again, I'm not ready for this, gang. I was not ready. I was like, that's the deepest voice on it. And it just never clicked. And then finally, I realized what the fucking story was about. Ezra Tuwalu is gay. Married to a dude. And I just I was like, okay, okay. Now that I got my bearings about me, I can finish watching this story. And as they were going on, again, this is a mountain of a man. If you don't know what a defensive tackle looks up, look looks like, Google image that shit. They're enormous. And Ezra was talking about his tortured NFL career. Though it was uh, financially and award-winningly successful, emotionally it was fucking terrible. Excuse me for the reasons that I was uh, talking about. Again, imagine every time you're a redhead and you're at work, you have a desk job. Every time something goes wrong, they make a derogatory slur or mention about redheads. Now imagine an entire nation doing it and thinking it's acceptable. Again, this is a huge man. And he was talking about how he was afraid to tell the place kicker, you know, the five foot 11, 175 pound dude. He's like, I was afraid. Every single road trip, Ezra went through the extra effort to make sure that his teammates saw him talking to a honey. He'd get the phone number. He was smooth. He was all that. And I remember they even showed a video. It was like, <laughs> my man Ezra doing it again. Right? And he said he would do everything but invite the girl back to the room. He, he had to put on the show. And he was deathly afraid to come out of the closet. Now, the next part, I thought they did a very good job at. It, it was fair. It was fair. They interviewed, let's say, 10 of his former uh, teammates. And they showed both sets of uh, reactions. And I bullshit you not. It split almost down the middle, five to five. It's like, yo, did you know that your teammate, Ezra Tuwalu's gay? One portion would be like, oh, he is? Oh, fuck, that dude could ball, man. Let me tell you something. Every time we needed to get pressure up the middle, disrupt the pass, it, it was Ezra's job, man. He was fucking phenomenal. And the one that hurt me the most, gang, Sterling Fuckface Shark. I literally have not said that fucker's name since then because his reaction hurt me so bad. I used to love Sterling Sharp. But Sterling Sharp is like, well, you know, Ezra Tuwalu, your, your teammate, he, he was gay. You, you know that, right? And he just his face twisted up. It's like, God, a fucking faggot. I'm glad he, I would have whipped his ass. And it's like, okay, it, first and foremost, ease up there, Hercules. You are a fucking wide receiver. Have you seen Ezra Tuwalu? Right. I mean, yeah, your Tesla looks great. But when that Tesla runs head first into an 18 wheeler the size of fucking Optimus Prime, you're going to lose. You wouldn't have whipped Ezra's ass. He would have body slammed you. Hashtag I just made a Transformers reference. I used to love that show. And because I did, hold on, you know what time it is. Mm, delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. And again, it's here was this 6'2, 300 pound hyper athletic man, scared shitless to come out of the closet. Now, again, Ezra played when I played, and it was a different time, and it was a different generation. And I'm glad that today's kids are seeing things a little bit differently. But now I'm going to answer my own question Are we ready for our first 
openly gay uh, football playing superstar. Hashtag we're not. We are not, gang. We are not. There's going to be, y'all remember it was like three Super Bowls ago? Because some of y'all are like, oh, no, Robert. Yes, we, no, we can't. Shut the fuck up. We are not ready. Because it was only about three years ago, if y'all remember, there was a Super Bowl commercial. It was Coca-Cola. I still remember, because I remember telling all the people that I was sitting with, it's like, you watch tomorrow morning, this is going to be a media shit show. And if y'all remember, it was, hey, Coke is for everybody. That was kind of the gist of the uh, commercial. They showed a heterosexual couple enjoying their Coke while, you know, backpacking or whatever the fuck. They showed a Muslim couple. They, They showed all kinds of couples. One of the couples was a gay couple and they kissed. Oh my fucking God, the hardcore conservative right, the evangelical, they went nuts. Hashtag uh, boycott Coke. Quit pushing your gay agenda down our throat. Insert sex joke there. So no, I do not think we are ready. I do not think this nation is ready to embrace an openly gay superstar, get their bubblegum cards, go to their autograph signings, Wheaties box. But you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. It just has to happen. The first of anything is going to be a token. If we would be waiting for baseball to be ready for its first open, openly black, for its first black fo- uh, baseball player, we'd still be waiting. Do you think Jackie Robinson had a fun time? Hashtag he didn't. Again, y'all don't know who this is, and not unless you're either history buff or you went to Texas like I did, Heeman Sweat. The University of Texas was not ready for its first black law student. It wasn't ready. It had to be forced upon UT. That guy didn't even finish. He didn't. It ruined his life. That's how much shit he took. So are we ready for our first openly gay football player? I don't think so. But it has to happen. And when it happens, any of my football playing brethren, let me tell you something. I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. No movement gains traction unless its antithesis joins in. So when that quarterback, when that linebacker, when that defensive end, when that running back, whoever comes out of the closet, he's going to eat some shit. He's going to hear fag this. The opponent's show enough going to get him anytime they can. It's up to his straight brothers to stand up for him. He'd be like, hey, he's not your faggot. I am. You say that to him one more time, and I'm going to make sure you spend the next week in the fucking trainer's room. Don't you ever address my teammate like that. So are we ready? I don't think so. And it doesn't fucking matter. It just has to happen. Moving right along. Ricky Fuckface Schroeder Schrader, however the fuck you say your fucked up ass name. Y'all remember that dude? Y'all remember the cute little blonde kid from Silver Spoons? If you're my age, you watch this shit out of Silver Spoons. I loved Silver Spoons. Chubby cheeks, big doe eyes, beautiful smile, innocent sounding voice. Guess who turned into a hardcore fucking Trump supporter? What the fuck happened to this dude? I mean, I remember, y'all remember fuckface Kyle Rittenhouse? Yeah, you know who put up a shit ton of money? To get fuckface Kyle Rittenhouse. What did his bell over a million dollars? Fuck me. 
And it was fuckface Ricky Schroeder who fitted a good portion of that bill and fucked around and took a picture and posted it on social media. Like that, that's anything to be proud of. What the fuck happened to Ricky Schroeder? How do you go from child superstar to this? Or maybe that's just the way this shit always works out. You always hear about how the child stars end up all kinds of fucked up. Looks like he's carrying on the tradition. But I saw him. There's a video. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Him uh, wanting conservatives to boycott Costco. Why? Because they want you to wear a mask. <clears throat> now, gang, let me tell y'all something. Well, first and foremost, it just doesn't really bother me like that. Uh, I, it, do I... Is it like having a great night of sex or drinking some of this delicious Hendrix? No, it's not. No, I don't like wearing a mask. It just doesn't bother me. And so when I see the people going fucking nuts, I'm like, you know what? You just need more problems in your life. I mean, seriously. Four inches of fucking gauze over your mouth so you potentially don't kill someone's mama? Shut the fuck up. But Ricky wanted to go make groceries at fucking Costco's. And they told him, yo, you got to wear a mask, dog. And of course, like everyone else, guess who's now a medically licensed doctor? Hashtag he's not. And he's lecturing the dude who's not letting him in the fucking store. And dude's like, yo, it's these are the rules, right? It's like, well, I haven't, didn't you see the news? And he was like, it doesn't fucking matter. Costco says if you're going to shop at Costco, you put on a fucking mask. Well, that's just too much for me. And then he starts going on about fucking, you know, do you always do what you're told? You know, the whole, you know, you're a sheep and you're just going to do what your kings tell you to do. Okay. First and foremost, Ricky Schroeder, shut the fuck up. It is a piece of gauze that goes over your fucking mouth. No one's asking you to fucking sacrifice your firstborn son to a fucking desert warlord. Calm the fuck down. It's gauze. Shut the fuck up. Secondly, again, especially fucking Trump supporters, you guys have no space to call anyone else fucking sheep. You don't have a president. You had a fucking cult leader. You guys jerked that dude off so much you stormed the nation's capital in the name of your desert fucking warlord who just so happens to have a really bad haircut and orange skin. How that was not a bigger topic of conversation, I have no idea. They're still bashing President Obama for wearing a tan suit. Why the fuck did they not just break Donald Trump's balls for years? That fucker had orange skin. Fuck off. Right? They ragged President Biden for picking a flower for his wife. Y'all remember that? Fucking Newsmax? Fuck me. But you conveniently forgot to mention that Trump is orange. But again, you guys have no room to call anyone else fucking sheep. Do you do what your kings tell you to? Shut the fuck up. There's a difference between following CDC guidelines, you know, for public health versus juggling Donald Trump's nuts in your fucking mouth. Shut the fuck up, Ricky Schroeder. Well, then he fucked around and I saw a video of him today Talking to the black community. Now, let me tell you something. Yeah, this savior complex, please fucking save it. 
right? And, and he's trying to convince black people that, you know, the leadership has been bad for us. And of course, he mentioned, you know, follow the black free thinkers like Candace Owens and Sal and all these other fuck fake. Okay, I said it once, I'm going to say it again. Gang, it's funny, hashtag no, it's not, but it's funny how the definition of a black free thinker is the one who agrees with white conservative talking points. Right, the moment he, because the, the first name he said was Candace Owens. Okay, he lost me already, but maybe the one, one quarter of one eighth of one ounce of one milliliter of respect, maybe I could have scraped off the bottom of my dog shit filled shoe. It, maybe I could have found some respect in there for him, but it all went away when he started the list off with Candace Owens and black role models. Oh my fucking God. No fucking way. So I don't know, gang, what the fuck happened to Ricky Schroeder. But that dude, there's no helping him. There's no fucking helping him. So for Ricky Schroeder, Jack, I hope you saved your cash from your silver spoon days. <laughs> I don't see you getting any work now. Jesus H. Christ. Moving right along. But before I move a little bit right along, for absolutely, positively, no reason at all whatsoever, I'm going to need a little bit of this Hendrix. Hold on. Mm, delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. Now, I'm going to depress the shit out of y'all. Now, I saw something on Twitter a couple days ago, and I didn't do it in the previous show, so I'm going to do it now. We're going to hit a little bit of this uh, doctor-assisted suicide. Gang, I, I do not see this being a debate at all whatsoever. My best. Okay. Have I gone a single fucking episode without talking about my boy, Simon? I was going to say Simon said, and you guys always know I'm going to hit it when I say Simon said. Hold on. You know what time it is. Mm, gin and truth. Let's go. So. My 17-year-old dog, H.I., if you go to my Twitter page, he's my background. I had that fucker literally every day of his 17 years. He had a stroke at 12. They told me to put him down. I told them, please go fuck yourself. Hashtag with a cactus. Reeds don't quit. He wasn't in any pain. And the doctor pretty much said, you're going to have to do everything for him. And I said, that's what I signed up for. And losing H.I. was fucking terrible. Absolutely fucking terrible. And I remember it was Simon who told me that the relationship between a pet and their parent is the most cursed relationship there is. Because two of you go into this and only one of you know how this is going to end. And sadly... Uh, Simon, I'm going to cry. God damn it. Cause I met that guy. I, Simon just lost one of his dogs and y'all don't know us, but one, we are the exact same person, <laughs> the exact same person. And if you would ask us, would we rather be around, uh, people with four legs or people with two? I will answer for him. He will answer for me. Give us the four legged people any day. 
<laughs> Fuck humans. And he, he lost his dog. And the only favor I could return was I told him what he told me. And that is, again, it's the most cursed relationship there is. And he's absolutely right. Two of us go into it. Only one of us knows how it's going to end. But we do it every single fucking time. It is truly an act of kindness. Now, to bring this back to the two-legged people in our lives, gang, if there's one thing that I will go to my grave believing, and that is you cannot die with dignity. You can't. When you die, you die. It, it is a... It's a part of life. I'm not going to say it's a bad part. It's, it's just a part of life. Eventually, all carbon-based organisms will cease to be carbon-based organisms. You cannot die with dignity. You can only live with it. Right? And if you've ever seen someone suffer because of bone cancer or another cancer that's eaten them from the inside, fuck around and let that person go. Just Two seconds too long without a morphine shot. That, that is no, you're not living at that point, gang. You are existing. And that's a shitty existence. Y'all remember, I think it was Oregon, right? And there, because they wrote a story about this lady. She was in her late 20s, I think, early 30s. Y'all remember the, the brain cancer patient? And they caught it super early, but they were like, look, with this kind of cancer, one, you're not going to make it. We're really sorry. This is terminal. Two, you will experience more pain than any human on the planet has ever even conceived of. This is going to be miserable. Absolutely, positively miserable. She said she wasn't going out like that. And I do believe it was Oregon. It's probably like the last place that you can go to the United States to where they have legal doctor-assisted suicide. And let me tell you what this lady did. She did it right. Traveled with her husband, fucked the shit out of him, spent time with her kid. I think he wrote like this tremendous letter, you know, made videos, everything, everything. And before the sickness even kicked in, her and her husband made the drive. You know how this story ends. And gang, let me tell you, so like I said, you cannot die with dignity. You can only fucking live with it. That lady made the command choice. She made the call that if the next two years of her life were her shitting in a bag, being excruciating pain, probably yelling at her kid for no fucking reason at all. That's not how she wanted to be remembered. Right. And it's normally, again, the hardcore conservative right that sit here and tells you that every life is sacred. Well, here's the thing, gang. They don't have to sit there and watch that shit. It's not their family member. And again, and it's kind of fucking hypocritical. And no, I'm quite sure you can find some non-evangelical Christians that, you know, follow this mindset. So never say never, never say always. But the majority are. Right? And again, it's, it's hypocritical, especially here in Texas, gang. I mean, fuck me. We... We put so many people to death in this fucking state that we should have an express checkout line. I mean, it's almost a sport, right? And again, it's, and I remember having this discussion on Twitter when it's like the people, the pro-force birth people, all life is sacred. Well, what about the dude that you're getting ready to put to death? And they looked at me like I was stupid. 
Robert, are you really comparing? He's like, yeah, I am. How do you decide which lives are sacred? Right? And I mean, it's like, again, I'm not soft on criminals. I'm not. If you break the law, you go to jail, Jack. You kill someone. I'm not a death penalty advocate. I'm not at all. First and foremost, there's a racial bias to that shit. There just is. And secondly, if you execute 100 people and one of them is a mistake, that's exactly 9 million people too much. Right? If you fuck up a verdict and that person spends five years in jail, you can let that person out. Their life's going to suck. But you didn't take the one thing away from them that is worth something, and that's their life. So, no, I'm not a death penalty guy, so I'm not going soft on crime. But, again, it's how do you make the call on which ones are sacred versus which ones aren't. Now, I'm about to write some shit down. Hold on. Fuck me. Because I got to come back to this. Because, gang, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm pushing up on the 29-minute mark. You know the drill. Say it with me. The weasel is about to be drained. I'm going to freshen up this delicious motherfucking Hendrix. Then I'm going to come back for part two of Gin and Truth. Let's go. Black, let's keep this thing going. But in terms of the whole all life is sacred shit, and uh, when I asked that question about that over Twitter, and they were kicking back at me, and again, it's like you can't be serious. How are you going to compare the life of a criminal to that of a newborn child? And my response was quite easy. How can you? Right again, according to your theology, and this is where if a Christian apologist was here, this is when the backpedaling would begin. But it's like, you know, according to you, we are all born worthy of the worst treatment ever, which apparently is an eternity and fucking hell. Right. And if an apologist was here, this one, they would say, oh, no, uh, children are innocent. They get to go. Shut the fuck up. It's funny how we're all born sinners and we all deserve hell except for infants. Right. It's like, oh, in a cage of uh, age of accountability. Once again, shut the fuck up. You're pulling shit out of your ass. Hashtag, I don't want to hear it. But again, it's just, I, I agree that life can be sacred. But again, fuck around and watch a loved one suffer because cancer is eating them from the inside. Again, if you're, again, gang, I, I live in chronic pain. It's not a lot of fun. It's only sexy on TV and in the movies. It's not fun at all. And I remember when I first started hop on the pain train. And I remember because I was fighting and I was fighting and I was fighting it before I went full time on Vicodin. And I went into the, uh, the clinic. Finally, I decided to give in. And I still remember what the nurse told me, almost word for word. And she told me, if you get on this train, you will not get off. I still remember it. I was like, ah, yeah, what the fuck does she know? Apparently she was right. <laughs> I should have wrote, written that shit down. Robert, you dumb motherfucker. But she was right. Point being, at the exact same time, a good friend of mine, her husband got on 
the pain train. And we would send messages back and forth uh, through our friend, of course, let's call her Joanne, through Joanne. And I would see Joanne and be like, hey, you know, tell your husband I took, you know, 10 Vicodin today. <laughs> Next day, she'd come back to me. Bill said, that ain't shit, <laughs> right? He took 13. We had stuff your game up. And it was our fun way of kind of dealing with what we were going through. Well, long story short, gang, his pain got significantly worse. And it got to a point to where he was taking twice as many uh, oxy as I was taking Vicodin. His oxy wasn't even putting a dent in his pain. He finished the job himself. And I remember going to uh, uh okay, just had to read something. And I remember when I went to the funeral and I'd never said a word. I was proud of him. He he called his last shot. Living in that kind of pain, you just don't want to keep doing it. And he fought it. He put up a great fight. But it just it gets to a point, gang, where you are no longer living. You are simply existing. <clears throat> Doctor-assisted suicide, in my opinion, should not be a debate. That that should be legal in all 75 fucking states. Yes, I said that wrong for a fucking reason. Right? It, it, it's, it's not your call. It's To me, it's like abortion. Right? I got a dick. Who am I? Who am I to tell Susie Q you can't do something with your meat? That person dying of fucking bone cancer? That's their call. Let them decide if their life is sacred enough to continue on in this fucking condition. Right? Doctor-assisted suicide to me is not a debate. That should be across the board. That is the kindest thing we can do to patients whose every second is filled with pain and discomfort. How do you like that, gang? How depressed are you now? Hashtag very. And to lighten up the motherfucking mood, hold on, you know what time it is. Mm, delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. All right, gang, let, let's kind of jump into the main one for the day. Hashtag the last one of the day. Your beliefs, gang, inform your actions. Right? And, and of course, yeah, something happened. So I'm kind of written about that. But it kind of goes back to the whole, what's the harm, right? Why do you speak out on the uh, toxic portions of Christianity and other religions, Robert? Because their beliefs inform their actions. And again, if it was quite simply put like a meatloaf recipe and you kept that shit to yourself, you would never hear from me. Now, I've had to expand my view a little bit. And y'all know my saying. If your version of Jesus makes you a better person, then I like your Jesus. You will never hear from me. But here's the thing. And despite what Christians will argue, there is no unifying standard. There isn't. I know Christians. When Again, when people were trying to win my soul for Christ, when they found out I was an atheist, gang, I, I bullshit you not. On Monday, I would talk to a Christian, then on Tuesday, Another Christian would get to me, and I would say, oh, well, that's not what that person told me. Not only 
did the Tuesday Christian tell me that the Monday Christian was wrong? I have been told on more than one occasion by the Tuesday Christian that the Monday Christian is so wrong that when they die, they are going to go to hell and be tortured forever right next to me. Right, and this is why I I, I, I did an episode and I haven't released it yet because I wasn't too terribly happy. So I'm going to still, from yesterday's episode, gang, life is hard enough without making shit up. And I can say that because I remember back in the day when I was a Christian, having to thumb through that fucking book to find a scripture to support whatever benign decision, excuse me, I was getting ready to make, right? It's like, can Christians get tattoos? Well, you got to, right? Can Christians drink? Can, can Christians have premarital sex? Can Christians jerk off? And like, just make the fucking call yourself, right? But again, it's it's important for me to, to address the whole, you know, what's the harm about, you know, tackling Christianity? Because again, when you believe in shit that again, this is from my point of view, I'm an atheist, but when you believe in shit that's not grounded in reality, you are more likely to do something fucked up, right? And it's kind of the annoying part when you do these debates and you're talking to a Christian and they'll say something like, well, how can you justify, justify that from your atheistic point of view? I was like, okay, my first response is always, is this your first time? Have you never talked to an atheist before? Because like on the strength, well, let me move my mic, shit. Hope y'all can still hear me. It's like on the strength, how many times do we have to tell you there's no such fucking thing as an atheistic point of fucking view? Oh, well, yes, it is. And atheism is a religion. Shut the fuck up. No, it's not. Right again, it's like how many of your decisions are based on your non-belief of fucking Poseidon, right? That's why I'm a humanist, right? And for me, the short way to describe humanism is if you were in charge of building a system like the Matrix, what system would you build if the only caveat is you don't know how you're going to be plugged back in? Would you create a system where we treat blacks the way we treat them, not knowing if you're going to come back black? with gays, with women, right? That is my belief. I treat you the way that I want you to treat me, right? And so that, those are my beliefs. So I don't have to comb through an ancient book to, to find out whether what I'm saying is right or wrong. That shit's on me. And so the reason why I attack belief is because, and again, this one's not 100% across the board, but my views on abortion. Right, The majority of this is a Christian point of view. Yes, you can find atheists who are, I actually think, wasn't Hitchens pro-force birth, I think? Yeah, you can find non-believers who don't want women to have choice with their own body. But for the most part, this is a religious-based initiative. Right? And again, your belief that your God said that lady can't make a call what's good for her own meat makes you go into a voting booth and vote for the people that's going to make Susie Q's life more difficult. And again, instead of combing through that fucking book to find out whether you should or you shouldn't, maybe you should ask yourself, right? Again, I, I don't want some 
one who lives in fucking DC. Okay, a woman who lives in DC. You don't have a dick. You don't. Right? I, you, it's not your job to tell me what to do with this thing. You can't tell me I need to go get castrated. You can't tell me when it's time to have sex. And so I extend her the exact same courtesy. Because again, my belief is we're all in this shit together. That's why I'm a humanist. You do you, Jack. Right? So again, the reason why, you know, you're like, again, big guy, why do you go in on Christians? Why are you going after their beliefs? Because their beliefs inform their actions. And it affects all of us. It doesn't happen in a fucking vacuum. Right? And again, it's not the extremists that keep this shit going. If Christianity was quite simply Westboro Baptist Church, you know, God hates fags, Christianity would die tonight. Right? It's everyone smack dab in the middle. It's those Easter Sunday, Christmas morning type of Christians that keep this shit going. Right? And, and a belief is only fortified by its numbers. Do you want to know why no one laughs when an adult stands up and says they actually believe that a snake talked to a woman who was made out of a man's rib and her shitty dietary habits plunged the world into cursed sin? You want to know why no one laughs at you when you say that? Because the majority of this country actually believes that happened. Hashtag grow the fuck up. And because I told them to grow the fuck up, hold on, you know what time it is. Mm, delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. The only reason why no one gets laughed at when they say that out loud, because everyone believes that. And if you think I'm bullshitting, look how Christians talk shit about Scientology. Right? I remember teaching a class and someone was talking shit about Scientology. Right? It's it like, oh, Zenu, come on, Robert. Right? Millions of trillions of years ago, souls buried underneath Vulcan. Come on, Robert. Come on. It's like, you don't have any room to talk. You actually believe a teenage girl who's never gotten dicked down gave birth to a baby with magic powers. You have no room to talk. And then they turn around and tell you, you know, well, you know, Scientology is a man-made religion, Robert. Oh, what, as opposed to yours? It's like, give me a fucking break. Right? But again, it, it's, it, it, it's their beliefs that continue these fucked up ass actions. Right? They actually believe that God has given them the right to own fucking bazookas. If you think I'm bullshitting, I'm going to go against what I said earlier several podcasts ago. Turn on Fox. They actually believe God's not going to cure your mother's cancer. Nope. Not at all. God's not going to strike down my ex-wife. Nope. Not at all. God's not going to get rid of the designated hitter program. Nope. Not at all. But God wants you to have a fucking M16 to blow someone's kneecaps off. They actually believe that's what their God wants. So their actions are they stockpile weapons. Okay, fine. They're the responsible gun owners. But here's the thing. Hashtag no, they're not. Someone's at my door. Hashtag this is awkward. I'm going to keep screaming, gang. Hold on. Hold on. And
Coming back. All right, I'm black. Twice. Had to answer my door. Hashtag, I need a professional recording studio. But as we keep going, as I told you, your actions are informed by your beliefs. And I just finished talking about the gun issue. Right? And again, it's it, it, it's funny, not really, how their God has got all these plans. <laughs> Apparently, he doesn't. But his only plan is to make sure people can stockpile guns. But again, it's the whole, again, their ability to stockpile weapons makes it easier for the maniacs to get a hold to guns. That was my point before the fucking doorbell rang. Right? And again, and, you know, it's that slippery slope argument bullshit that if we allow, if we, again, no one's talking about taking away your fucking guns, you morons. They're not. It's again, let, let's have a fucking conversation. But again, what I said earlier, several podcasts ago, that Jesus that you love so much, according to your mythology, he laid down his life so that you may live and you're not willing to give up a fucking gun. Again, your ability, wow, he puberty, your ability to sit there and stockpile like you live in the fucking branch Davidian is what's making it easier for everyone else, hashtag the maniacs, to get a hold of some fucked up ass shit, right? Again, your actions inform your fucking beliefs. And I started talking about Westboro Baptist. Now, those jolly sons of bitches, again, if you're a humanist, you're like, okay, you're gay, great. Who's buying the first round of drinks? Because I want to live in a world to where gay people are treated phenomenally. Why? Because I want to set up a world where I don't know how I'm coming back into it. So as a result, I treat my LGBTQ brothers and sisters with love, honor, and respect. Yeah, Westboro Baptist, they didn't get that fucking message. And it's not just a Westboro Baptist gang. It's not. Right? How many times? Again, let's stick with Westboro real fast and we'll tone it down a tad. How many times have we seen on TV those God hate fags sign? God hates fag soldiers going to fucking funerals and disrupting people's most sacred fucking moment. What the fuck is wrong with you? You want to know why their actions are so fucked up? Because their beliefs are so fucked up. And so when you ask, hey, big guy, why do you go in on religion so hard? Hashtag that's the reason why. But again, it's not just a Westboro Baptist. If you're listening to this podcast right now, ask yourself, and you're like me, you're an atheist. How many times have you fucking heard the whole love the sinner, uh, what is it, love the sinner, hate the sin? Talking about gay people, right? That's not helping at all. Not one fucking ounce, right? You, you, you are perpetuating a barbarically archaic mindset and i don't care how many gay friends you think you have you are hurting them by giving support to this fucked up ass belief and again it may not be necessarily your actions but yeah i'm lumping all you fuckers together your beliefs are fucked up and you are giving helping give credibility to the westboro baptist you are again i i don't get to make the call on who is and who is not an actual Christian. Not my call. I'm not in the club. So I can't tell you fuckers apart. But you guys all hold this belief. 
that Jesus is your guy. And according to the book that Jesus co-authored, gay people are bad. And before one of you sit there and tell me that's the Old Testament, shut the fuck up. Even if that's the case, you still have to explain to me why it is that shit was okay in the first place. And then that's when someone's going to sit here and say something like, well, Robbie, that's not the proper translation. They didn't have, you know, a name for gay back then. Okay, then your God is as stupid as he is cruel. Because you know how many gay people have died on the back of this shit? Give me a break. So again, your actions inform your fucking beliefs. And when you believe in shit that is not real, more than likely your actions are going to be fucked up. So as usual, gang, Uncle Bobby has given you a lot of motherfucking problems. Now he's getting ready to give you his motherfucking solutions. Openly gay football players, homophobes, shut the fuck up. Again, we are not ready, and it doesn't fucking matter. The first one is going to be a fucking token. Now, when that brother comes out, it is up to his straight teammates to get his back because he's going to take the shit. It's their job to make sure that his heart and his integrity is protected. Homophobes, shut the fuck up. Ricky Schroeder, Schrader, Klansman, whatever the fuck you are, shut the fuck up. I don't know what the hell happened to you, brother, but I do not like this outcome at all. You put up bell money for fuckface Kyle L. Rittenhouse. You are garbage. You like David fucking Clark. You like Candace fucking Owens. <laughs> Keep your fucking mouth shut trying to help the back community. The best thing you can do for us is to shut the fuck up. Give me a break. Doctor-assisted suicide. To the opponents of that practice, shut the fuck up. It is not your meat. Therefore, it is not your call. There is a difference between living and existing. And if someone's every breath is more excruciating than the last, if you ask me, the kindest thing we can do is to let them go. It sucks. But it is better than watching a loved one sit there and suffer. Now, the big daddy. Actions and beliefs. Christians. I almost not really hate to say it. Shut the fuck up. Again, if your version of a Jesus makes you a better person, not a word from me. Not a word from me. But for those of you whose actions are fucked up because your beliefs so happen to be fucked up, that's why I got to come and get you. That's why I come and get you. Again, I don't care that your God says women can't get abortion. Make sure your God says that you can't get an abortion. You don't get to make that call for somebody else, right? When your God makes you believe that gay people are lesser than, shut the fuck up. Not your call, not your life. Leave them alone. When your beliefs align with reality, more times than not, better things, that was unnecessary, better things are bound to happen. Better things are bound to happen. Gang, as usual, I love the shit out of y'all and the big guy signing the fuck off. Gin and truth. Let's go.